All right, welcome again. Um, this is part two of the what I talked about previously, the seven dynamics of effective testimonies. Um, you should go back to part one and, and listen to that because it'll, it'll really help you. This way you have the proper context and background to be effective um, in your testimonies, all right? Uh, in that uh, part one, I talked about what a testimony is. It is the uh, it is where the, the the word of God intersects with the lives of uh, people of God, and when it manifests in the form of healing, in the form of provision, in the form of protection, uh, healing in your body, those kinds of things. When that happens, this is the word of God intersecting with our our lives and manifesting. So that is what a testimony is. But it is not a um, that testimony. It is it is for you but it is also that you would share it to bring glory to the name of God, all right? So that is what a testimony is. We testify because God asks us to. Look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 19, uh, 18 and 19, uh, 19 and 20. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Um, uh, Mark chapter 16, uh, verse 15. Uh, uh, Acts chapter 1, 8 and 9. Uh, these are all, and, and there is more, all right? Uh, of course, we've got Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Uh, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So those are all reasons why we testify. So what I, we're talking about here, the meat of this uh, particular uh, conversation right now, uh, this teaching, is um, the seven dynamics of testifying effectively. So we talked about uh, the first four, prayer, uh, clarity, brevity, and also practice. So prayer, meaning you talk to God to give you direction uh, on whom you should testify to and in what situation. Um, we talked about um, uh, clarity because if you are not clear, uh, meaning you're not consistent, you don't effectively articulate and make sure that people understand what you're saying, if you don't do it effectively, then you can actually end up um, turning people away uh, and have a contrary effect than you intended to going in when you as you went in to testify. We talked about brevity because you have to have uh, a long version, a short version, and like a mid-range version of your testimony because um, every time you're going to tell people about what God did for you, is not you don't want to make a, a long sermon out of it because people will walk away. People will stop listening. They will tune out. Uh, there is a time for that. Most often, you may need to start with a really short version, and then you can build up, all right? So these are things that you must do. And uh, so besides brevity, there is practice. And I said the, 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 the thesis here is this. Your testimony is a weapon of mass destruction in the camp of the enemy, but it is also a weapon of, uh, of attraction, uh, into the kingdom of God. It is, it is a means of attracting people into the, into the kingdom of God. So we are members of the army of God. And if our testimony is a weapon that we use to destroy the camp of the enemy and to win souls for the kingdom of God, then shouldn't we be very intentional? Shouldn't we practice? Can you imagine a, a soldier that gets a gun, uh, some kind of equipment to go fight war, and they don't take time to read through and study it and practice and practice and practice. They're not going to wait till they come face to face with the enemy and staring at the barrel of the enemy's gun. 
that's not when you go and start reading your operating manual on how to use your equipment. So we have to practice, okay? Practice, practice, practice. Those are the things that we talked about, uh, and that's what we left off in part one. Now, in part two, when you have practice and practice and practice, the next thing you must do is you must engage. So number five is engage. What do I mean by that? Uh, once you have rehearsed and you have uh, prayed and you've, 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 you have it down to a science, then you must begin to testify because after all, all of that preparation was so that you could tell people about God and what he's done in your life. So you must begin to testify. Now, this testifying must become a lifestyle. It's not just something you do uh, because other people are doing it and you want people to think you are also righteous and holy and God is doing things in your life. No, those are not the reasons why you testify. Testifying becomes a lifestyle in the sense that you are constantly giving glory to God by telling people about the things that he has done for you. Now, this is very, very powerful. I'll tell you why. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by hearing the word of God, all right? When you are testifying to people, you are building up their faith because they come to realize whatever they're going through they're not the only ones going through it because here is someone who went through it and God delivered them, okay? It builds up their faith. And guess what? Because faith comes by hearing the word of God and your testimony is the manifestation of the word of God, as you testify, even your faith is built up. You become bolder. You become more sensitized to the things of God and you become more effective. So the more you listen to even your own testimony as you testify before people, you become more powerful a believer, all right? That has been my case. So I can testify to you with boldness and confidence that the same thing will happen to you. And this is the thing about testifying. So many times, I have been places where I have testified about the things that God has done in my life and found people, some of them who will approach you, will shock you. They will be pastors. They will be lawyers and doctors. They will be successful people, older people, younger people who are going through things. And because you surrendered your testimony before God, and spoke to them in a public space or even on, one, uh, on a one-on-one -on -one basis, you will be amazed at how many of them will come to you and thank you and ask you for prayers and will share with you the things that they're, that they're going through and we're going through. And, 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 and you will see how the invisible weights that have been on their shoulders for sometimes years will begin to lift because you were kind enough and obedient enough to share your testimony with them. So your testimony is a powerful thing, but this is what will also happen because it happened to Naomi and I. We get invitations to preach, to teach around the world, um, to talk about our marriage, to talk about the things that God has done in our lives. But listen to me, if 
we had kept our mouths shut because maybe we were full of pride and didn't, for me in particular, didn't want anyone to know that I had abandoned my wife and my children and gone off on my own. If I wanted to be quiet about those things, those ministry opportunities, those doors of to, to uh, the opportunities to be a witness for God, to serve him in those powerful ways would never come. I have been on just about every significant uh, Christian television program in Canada, on many networks, even in the U.S. I've been uh, invited to preach around the world because of it started with that one testimony of how God um, supernaturally brought our marriage back together, even though it was my fault and I had left for five years. All right? Now, the glory goes to God and doors open for ministry so that we can come in and share what God has done and through that preach and teach in other areas as well. So um, when you have prepared, engage because um, God has already lined up along the path of our obedience, our destiny, God has already lined up everything we need for life and godly living and for ministry and for business and for all of the things to be an influencer in this world. God already lined it up for you. And, and, and all it takes in some, in our case, 100%, but it could be in your case as well. All it needs is that you open your mouth and you testify about God's grace, his mercy, his love, his goodness, his kindness, his trustworthiness, his faithfulness, about the person of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for our sins. Oh my gosh, if you would just open your mouth and testify, friend, you and I would change this world for good. Amen. Now, so the point being made here is, after you have gone through all of this preparation, it is time to open your mouth and engage. Don't wait for a big crowd. Just ask God in prayer to send you the people that you should minister to in your, by your testimony, and he will send them to you. Sometimes it may be on a television program. Other times it may be on a radio show. Sometimes it will be one-on-one -on -one in the cafeteria. Other times it may be, be before 10,000 people in a church or in, a, in, in some kind of facility. So when you have been prepared, engage. That's number five. Number six, the right perspective. Friend, listen to me. I know everything that I've said, uh, part one and up to now, very important, but this here may actually save your life. So listen to me, okay? It is extremely important that you know that after you have testified, your job is done. It is done. It is complete. Finito. Your job is done. What is left is for God, for the Holy Spirit, okay, um, to, to take control and to finish the work. You and I, our responsibility is to open our mouths and to share that testimony and allow God to be God after that. Now, you, you may be fortunate, you may be fortunate that depending on the circumstances you find yourself in, after sharing that story, someone may actually come up to you and ask for, your, for you to pray them into the kingdom of heaven, to, to, to say the salvation prayer with them. 
and, and they give their life to the Lord, you lead them to God, I mean, that would be glorious, okay? But it may not happen in every situation. But you need to know that once you have testified that your work is done, you and I don't have the power to convict the heart of anyone, all right, to follow God, to choose to, um, to say the salvation prayer at any given point in time. <laughs> we don't have that power. The Holy Spirit does. But we have the responsibility, you and I, to, to tell our story. That's what we're called to do. Maybe you meet them six months down the road and, and uh, they're still clubbing. They're still uh, living in that relationship with, with someone. They're, they're shacking up and they shouldn't. And you're saying, you know, this person, I ministered to them uh, six months ago and, and they're still living this lifestyle. Listen, don't beat them down. Don't beat yourself down either. Like you, 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 you were ineffective at the thing that you did. You were ineffective in your ministry. No, no, don't beat yourself. Don't beat them either because the Holy Spirit is working in them. The Holy Spirit is working in them. It's a process. The person that you spoke with and maybe they just asked for the salvation prayer, asked you to lead them to the Lord, it, it, could, it, it may not be the powerful anointing on your life. It may just be that uh, three years ago even, someone may have prayed for them. Uh, six months ago, someone prayed. Two months ago, someone ministered to them. And now you get to complete the work of harvesting and, and bringing them into the kingdom of God. So the point again being made here is your job and my job ends with the, uh, the sharing of our story. You may get the opportunity to lead someone to, to the Lord. Um, it's not going to happen every single time, okay? And if that is the case, your work is still done. You have to understand that. Because otherwise, there are some believers that I know who will, uh, they, they, they beat themselves down. Uh, they think they're ineffective. Maybe they even stop testifying because they think they don't know how to do it. Because they have a misunderstanding. They don't have the right perspective. They think that it is their responsibility to convince someone and, and pull them into the kingdom of God. No, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Our job is to testify and testify only, all right? Now, that is number six. You must have the right perspective. Number seven, this too is extremely important. It is not about you, all right? Testifying is not about you. It is all about God. He was the one who went on the cross, gave his life so that you and I and the world would be reconciled to God, those of us who actually decide to take advantage of what Jesus did. I have known some very... Uh, zealous Christians, okay, um, zealous but ill-informed Christians who would, if they ministered to you and you did not give your life to Christ right there on the spot, they would condemn you, they would stop talking to you, they call you a sinner, they don't want anything to do with you simply because they, they thought, you know, this testimony, this ministry was, was really about them. No, they didn't die on the cross for you. I didn't die on the cross for you. It is all about Jesus. So don't let that happen. Because the thing is this, if you don't have this understanding and you do like these guys did, what you actually end up doing is you end up turning people away from God. 
because you, you turn them off. They, they will tell you, some of these guys, they, they tell you, listen, you know what, you're on your own. If you go to hell, it's up to you. I've done my part and they walk away. This is not the love of God. This is not the grace of God. This is not the sweet gospel of how Jesus loved you and I so much. He left the majesty of heaven, came down on earth and lived as a human being and sacrificed himself so that you and I would be reconciled to God. This is not that sweet gospel message. It's, it's very antagonistic. It's combative. It's, it, it's, it's like they, they get into fights and wars with you because you did not, um, this person did not give their lives to Christ right there on the spot. It's, it's a misunderstanding. And you do that, you turn people away from God. I can tell you because I witnessed it with my own eyes, all right? Now, you and I, we are harbingers of God's grace. We are sons and daughters of the Almighty God, God's viceroys here on earth. Um, with all of that anointing and calling and everything that we are, heirs to the kingdom of God, okay, we're still only messengers. Really, we're still only messengers, all right? Because we were just grafted in. This message was not originally, in, it was intended for the, for the Hebrew people first. You and I, we were grafted in. You and I um, were sinners and we were forgiven. You and I um, are servants of God, messengers of God. That's who we are. As a matter of fact, in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, Paul admonishes the people of God. He, this is what he says in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. What Paul is saying is, listen to me, all right? Um, in the hierarchy of the world, there is someone above you and I, and we are his representatives. We are his messengers. We are his servants at the same time that we are his sons and his daughters, all right? So don't get off your high horse. It's not about you at all. It's always been about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is the flip side of this coin. Point number seven, it's not about you. This is the flip side of that coin. If you think that it's about you, then what happens is when you fail or when you don't see an immediate conversion, then you beat yourself because you think you've been ineffective. Now, if you realize that, one, you have the right perspective, and the right perspective is that it's not about you, it's about Jesus Christ. It is his war, it is his harvest field, it is his world. You are simply a worker in that field. You are not the decision maker. You are not the person responsible for the outcome, all right? Once you realize that, then you don't beat yourself if you don't see that immediate conversion. And then you also realize that if the devil has any darts to throw in retaliation for the work that you're doing, um, it's nothing personal. It's not you he's after, he's, he's after God. Now, he's, he's already a 
beaten uh, a foe. He's already been, uh, he's already lost. Yes, he may attack you, but it's nothing personal. It, it's not you he's after. He's after our Father God. You just happen to be the messenger that he may attack. So, but then you realize that, listen, this, this is, it's, it's not me. It's not about him and I. It's really about him and God. So you don't um, burden yourself with the outcome, all right? Because outcomes are solely in the realm and responsibility of God. What you and I have to do is simply to open our mouths and to testify and to share of God's goodness and his grace, his mercy, his love, his faithfulness, and all the great and amazing things that he has done for you and me. All of this information is coming out of this book, uh, Radical Witness. There is so much more there. Make sure that you go back and listen to the uh, teaching on prayer, the teaching on trusting God, because there are components of those that are here. Uh, and then um, go back to part one of this, listen to it, and then come to part two, and it will bless you. Father Lord, I just thank you once again for the opportunity to um, share your word with your children all of your people at the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, first of all, that those of them who don't know you will surrender their lives to you and invite you, Lord Jesus, to be their Lord and Savior. I pray that over you in the name of Jesus. And Father, for those of them who know you, and even those who are now giving their lives to you, glory to God, that they too will become effective witnesses for your kingdom, effective witnesses for of your message of love and grace and redemption in this world. Father Lord, give them a fresh revelation of who they are in the name of Jesus. Give them a fresh boldness so that they too can get out there and fulfill the call on their lives and fulfill their destinies and uh, live lives of, of obedience and love and mercy and grace in this world as your representatives. Father, thank you that you are a God and a Father who answers the prayers of his children. So I am confident that this prayer has been answered. I give you all the praise and I give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. God bless you.